It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And on the day after Manchester City climbed up to second place in the Premier League, just eight points behind leaders Chelsea, a club that was in crisis and out of the top four just a few days ago, now with four wins out of four, with a momentum and an outside chance now winning the Premier League. To discuss all of that, our title credentials, the latest injury setback, our new number one, and much, much more. I have with me this week author and journalist Stuart Brodkin. Hello. A view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Evening. And law graduate, finance professional, and liberal democrat Dave Hodgson. Hello. That's your Twitter handle, isn't it? That's what you. It is. Yes. Proud to be a de- liberal democrat, so we'll probably move on very, very swiftly. Um, <laughs> so before we get into individual players, can we just reflect on this four wins out of four? And how that's happened. What's changed? How come four out of four? We were in crisis only only days ago, Stephen. We're, we're playing well again. And that's not going to be the most mind-blowing assessment of City, I'm sure people have heard. But we've gone from a spell where we were doing okay, but looked quite vulnerable at the back. and Or perhaps weren't creating as many chances as we should have been doing. And we're now playing well again. We, we look pacey in attack. Uh, Silver and De Bruyne are in a bit more central roles look dangerous silver's been brilliant the last couple of games and we're keeping clean sheets and when you score goals and keep clean sheets you win games you're a genius i know why we get you on this podcast quite regularly dave can you add anything to the genius that is a view from a blue Stephen Allwise? it's going to be a challenge but i'll try i think we've changed the formula very very slightly we've continued the possession game that's been essential but we've added that new dimension now we've realized we need some physical attributes in there we have really released some pace on the league our two wingers come inside forwards, come whatever we're going to call them, have made a big difference. And you can see it in the way they play. So much more confidence. Do you have anything to add, super journalist? Well, not really, but pace has been a key, I think. Uh, the youthfulness of the front three, uh, unfortunately, that's now reduced to a front two. But um, I just think we've, we've overpowered teams with our, with our speed. And that's been really a big difference. I mean, it was a few weeks ago we lost 4-0 at Everton. And we were saying, you know, as you said, we were in crisis, or sort of, or the media said we were in crisis. And I don't think, I don't think we're playing 
hugely differently, but we're getting results. We are I look a lot I look a lot more solid at the back. I think what I think. we have done and I think a large part of this is down to Gundogan's injury, is we've gone back to what we were like at the start of the season. With one holding midfielder, it's been Yaya the last few games, it was Fernandinho. Silver and De Bruyne are in that central midfield role, but with the ability to go forward and dictate the game. And then pace and width up front. And for a spell, it's not a criticism of Gundogan because he's a good player, but he hasn't got the the creativity of a De Bruyne or Silver. He doesn't perhaps have the energy. Um, and he maybe takes a touch more than them because he wants to play the game at his pace. So I think him unfortunately getting injured and and Fernandinho has been suspended so Yaya has been able to play it means we've gone back to what we had at the start of the season but with Sané and Jesus in for Aguero and Nelito so again quick pacey we look threatening and and we'll come to the defence in a second because clearly there have been changes both at the back and, and going forward as well let's just focus on the sort of front three and I know we obviously we will talk about the injury to Jesus in a second but for the last few games we've had this young sort of 19, 20, 21 year old sort of strike force of Sterling, uh, Jesus and Sane um, and that has been really exciting to, to watch hasn't it week in week out it's, it's been exhilarating Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, we started looking very sort of meandering, ponderous on the ball where we were just passing it amongst ourselves with no real threat. And that's really changed with the introduction of Sane and Sterling in this role that they're now playing. Defenders don't know. Are they going to pull them wide? Are they going to go through the middle? Are they just going to run at them with blinding pace? Or are they going to do some tricks, you know, bring other players in? There's a lot more variables. There's a lot more unpredictability about how we set out now. And I think that has been, A, wonderful for the strikers. You, know, you look at uh, Gabriel Jesus, who's come in and had wonderful opportunities presented to him by the movement of the other, the other um, attacking players. It's allowed for, you know, again, these two players to get involved amongst the goals. You know, Sane's got a, on a good scoring run. Sterling was, you know, got a good goal in, on uh, Monday night. And of course, what it has also allowed is Sterling and De Bruyne, Sterling and De Bruyne, Silver and De Bruyne, yep. to drop into central midfield, and that now means we have two of our most competent ball players in one of the most critical areas of the field, able to dictate possession, control possession, and it's really enabled us to bring our game to the next level. I mean, we've said in previous weeks, Stuart, that, that Silver and De Bruyne are, are you know, two of the best players ever to probably yeah. wear a sky blue shirt. You know, we can debate, you know, the Colin Bells of this world and have that debate. But those two have been outstanding. Absolutely. I mean, last night, Silver, was <clears throat> he just pulled the strings. Um, he, he's, he is a magician, there's no question about that. And he was, the number of times he put Sane in, uh, you know, put threading the ball past the fullback. Uh, was just a joy to watch. I mean, he, he. How do we replace him? I think somebody on the podcast uh, said uh, on our phone podcast. What, what's that podcast? Sorry, that how do we ever replace Silver? I mean, he's what is he? Thirty-one now. Yeah. He must be as fit as a fiddle. He was heading the ball out from inside our penalty area last night. He was he was setting up attacks. He was doing everything. I mean, he's irreplaceable in my book. But we don't need to replace him just yet. He's got not a, yeah, hopefully not just yet. He's, he's got a couple of seasons I yet. I think he's, yeah. if not in the top one, he's probably in the top three best Premier League players at the moment and has been, I think, for, for a few seasons. Never really gets the credit no. outside of City fans that I think he deserves. But Why, why not? Why, why does that happen, do you think? What is it? I don't know. I don't think he, he craves the limelight in any way. Yeah. You don't see him giving many interviews or, or TV appearances. He's... I think he's quite happy to sit in the background and 
as long as he's appreciated by his teammates and his managers, then he's happy with that. But he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. There was one moment, wasn't the last night, where the ball came down as if it was just stuck to his foot. I mean, just on a string, yeah. It was that was just awesome. So, so, so we like him. Uh, can, can we sort of just sort of talk about then the injury before we go back to maybe defence? Because clearly, is a young lad, nineteen-year-old, uh, twenty-seven million pound buy. Uh, clearly helped Brazil to to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, was scoring goals at will uh, over there. He's he's come in in his debut. I think in eight minutes he nearly scored three, uh, and he's scored you know a, a couple of goals since uh, since joining us as well. And looked a real talent. So it's a bit of a blow to say the least, isn't it? With him who's broken his broken his metatarsal, and we believe could be out for two or three months. It's a shame. He has looked very promising. I think he shows all the potential to be a wonderful player for us going forward. I don't think this is in any way terminal to our, you know, our hopes this season. I think he is he has been very good, but he has benefited a lot from those changes I mentioned earlier, the way we've repositioned our our um attacking our attacking players and that has created a lot of chances for him which he's taken well. I think Aguero can very, you know, Aguero is a better player. He is proved over many years how adapted he is for the Premier League, how good a finisher he is. And I think, you know, given given that run, he will get his form back and he will be able to do as good a job, if not better. It's a real shame for the young lad, but I don't look at that as an area where we lack depth and lack players to come in. You know, if, if Aguero gets injured, we've got Nolito, we've got Kelechi, we've got other players we can move in. They could even move Sterling, De Bruyne. We've got flexibility there. And that's the joy of our squad depth. You're not for a moment suggesting that sort of Aguero, who, to be fair, has a history of getting injuries. Um, and you could argue that he's not going to play every single game for the rest of the season because he will get injured. You're not suggesting that Nolito and Hinacho are good replacements for, for Aguero, are you surely? You're, that's not your argument. No, no my, my argument is the fact that if we lose our top two strikers, we're not, you know, pulling up a 16-year-old from Oldham who's played a couple of games of reserves. And what's wrong with Oldham? Anyway, don't don't answer that question. You've got something against Oldham now as well. You Liberal Democrats are all the bloody same. Stuart? I think I disagree with Dave. I think we are light in the striker department. We were were talking just before the programme came on air about when we won the title the last time. We had four major strikers, Dzeko, Jovetic, Negredo and Aguero. Now we've got, we've got one at the moment. I, I don't consider it Kelechi a, a ready-made striker for a Premier League top four team, top five team. Uh, Alito, not really. Uh, Bonnie's on loan. We've only really got Aguero at the moment. That's the only player on our books who but, is but, an out-and-out striker. But, but Dave would argue yeah, that actually we, we have got, uh, I will let him come in a second, but we've got other options. You, know, you can play, yeah. you can play Sane up there, you can play Sterling up there, arguably, yeah, Dave. We're, abs- we're absolutely talking about a manager for whom strikers are not an essential part of his game. Guardiola will happily play with no strikers. I think for a while he was playing a striker purely because he had Aguero, rather than that was necessarily his conviction. I think we... Are more, you know, there'd be no point in having a stable of four strikers because we're never going to play more than one. You know, I, I, I think we have two good strikers. We have players who can play the false nine role quite flexibly. This, I don't, I don't see this as a major concern. Okay, right, so let's let's hear Stephen's view. Well, I, I think Aguero will come in, and he's probably going to have a point to prove, having sat out the last three games. I wouldn't be surprised at some point potentially to see Sterling up front and maybe Navas on the right again. I don't think Navas is, well, I know he's not the quality of, of our current wide players, but again, he's quick and he'll press and he'll he'll listen to Pep. 
but you play Aguero because Aguero will score you 20, 25 goals a season and he might not be as energetic in, in terms of tracking and pressing and covering as Jesus has been in his short spell, but he will score goals. Um, and that's been our issue this season. We've created lots of chances, haven't always scored. And I don't, there aren't many top teams these days. You look at Chelsea, if Costa gets injured. I think they've got Batshuayi, who's a bit unproven. They probably would move Hazard up there. Arsenal have got um, Giroud, Sanchez can play there. The big teams don't have three or four top-class strikers as we did because the fashion these days is to play one up front. But but the issue is, Stuart, that yep. he doesn't play, Aguero I'm talking about, doesn't play the way Pep wants him to play. He doesn't work hard <laughs> enough. You know, He's fine when he's got the ball. Yes, he's a proven striker, but actually he doesn't work, he doesn't battle back, he doesn't track back, he doesn't doesn't run hard enough. And that's an issue for the yeah, manager, isn't it? I and agree. That, but I guess that's why he's on the bench or has been on the bench. Possibly, but I mean, if he's scoring, like Steve said, 25 goals a season, I'd allow him not to track back. Okay, well listen, uh, let's take Hello a short break. Hello from the Geek we'll Town Radio Podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy, the whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's, that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends Hello Such as Mr. George Decay Star trekking across the universe For all this and more Come join us on Geek Town Radio Available to download every Tuesday From your usual podcast supplier And from geektown.co.uk Welcome back. Let's have a quick chat about our latest victory then at Bournemouth. And I think we've talked a little bit about our striking force. Let, let's talk about uh, keeping clean sheets because we've had uh, a different keeper between the, between the posts. Willie Caballero, Wembley hero against Liverpool in the League Cup. Um, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he, since he's come in? Yeah, he's done well. I think as fans, we probably feel more secure when there's a chance that he's going to stop it. He didn't have a lot to do against Bournemouth. He made... One good save in the second half, fairly routine, and then one good stop in the first when he, I think, came out with his feet. I think Bravo, the stats have done the rounds for a while. You know, he's been beaten by his last six shots, and mm. which is, or 14 of the last 20, something like that, and which is such a meaningless stat on its own because it doesn't tell you that actually, I think of the last six, he could have only saved one or he was only at fault for one. So, but I think Caballero is more secure. I think he's better at knowing when to pass out. And I think he's decent with his feet, but he also knows when just to get rid and get the ball away. Even if that means we lose the header 50 yards up the pitch, it just gets us out of trouble. Um, He's not going to be a long-term option. He's out of contract in the summer, but I think he stays in the team for the moment. And and Dave, I know you've been a a small critic of Mr Bravo in the past. I think referred to him as a hologram (laughs) on this very show. Uh, you must be a happy person, and, and kind of you've been proved right, really, haven't you? That uh, four clean sheets, I think, in this, in twenty seventeen for Willie Caballero. The change has been huge. It's kind of like coming back, you know, when we were when when I was at primary school, coming back after the summer and finding what the goalkeeper's grown a huge amount. All of a sudden, he's really big. You don't know where the hell to put the shots, and that's what it's like. Bravo always made himself seem so small. Caballero <laughs> seems huge. You know, you, you see the the um, save um, Stephen mentioned a minute ago about. Um, 
you know, when he came rushing out to the feet of it, was it was it King, and you know, took took the ball, took you know, very you know, quickly got it off him, got it out of the way. He makes himself look big. He gets himself in these sort of blocking positions very quickly, and he's very very commanding in a way he certainly wasn't when he arrived at dealing with crosses. There was one where he punched it out in the second half, which was a really good decision. You know, catching it would have been very risky. He got good distance on the punch. And I think the defence as well felt far more sure that he was going to come out and he was going to take the situation in hand. There seems to be a bit more communication amongst amongst the back line as well, which I've said before seems very lacking with Bravo. I think it's been a wonderful catalyst for the improvement at the back we've seen. And I think Stephen said, and, and David's sort of said it too, this this building confidence, you know, keeper at the back, it's really, really important. And, and, and you felt as a fan, uh, and certainly the back four just didn't seem like a unit. And, and certainly mentioning the one who's gone before, Mr. Mr. Hart, certainly <laughs> seemed to sort of pull that defence together, him and company, you know, yeah. they, they were part of that spine that we talk about of the team. There seems to be a greater confidence just, just through the whole yeah, back four, doesn't there? I think, I think Caballero has got a presence which Bravo never had and I think which Hart did have most of the time um, I, I feel much more confident with him in, in goal than any other player we've got on our books uh, but I, I, am I right in thinking that his stats are fantastic but has he been on the losing side uh, I mean, st- we haven't got Stato here this week no, so we don't here, know, we, we, so. we have to rely on Stephen well Stephen's our closest the caveat to all of that is he's not actually had too much to do no, he had a couple of saves against enough. Bournemouth I don't think he had anything to do against Palace in the Cup but I agree that we feel more secure yeah. with him in net can, can we talk about the back four then as well and some an interesting decision company's clearly fit because he's back on the bench and any thoughts on why he wasn't selected Stephen well I don't quite get it. I think Pepper's come out and said that in games where we're going to have a lot of possession, which is what we do most of the time, Kolarov is good at bringing the ball out from the back. He can ping passes. Um, Stones Stones never gets the credit he deserves when he defends well because people now have this perception that he likes to pass the ball and he might make the odd mistake. Anytime he does uh, slip up, it's, it's leapt on, but... I thought he was excellent against Bournemouth on Monday and has been for a little while. But I don't think uh, you could find many fans who would argue that company is a worse defender than Kolarov or, or Stones. I think he's good on the ball, um, strong in the air, strong in the tackle. He's the leader of the squad. And if he's fit, which he must be because he's training and he's on the bench every week, for me, you play him and you can maybe rotate the other one, um, but you play company. And, and Fernandinho at left back, your, your views on that? I think he's played every position except goalkeeper, hasn't he, this season, pretty much? We're probably about there. We're probably about there, and I wouldn't necessarily rule that one out because he's very good with his feet. Um, but he's he's a very skilled player. He you know, A bit like James Milner was, you can put him in a, in a role and he won't make you know colossal errors that lose you games. I don't think he looked convincing. And I think the fact that Bournemouth targeted so many of their attacks down the right with Jordan Ibe was, you know, test was sort of based on the fact that Fernandinho did look a bit weak out of position. He did often move into the middle as well as part of this sort of fluid formation. It did leave us a bit light there. And again, I don't feel, you know, one of the downsides of our strike situation, we don't always have wonderful protection for our fullbacks. But that said, he did admirably for a, a player who is not a fullback playing that role. He's got more pace than Clichy. That was probably a big consideration. If you're going to play Kolarov centre-half, you need someone a little bit quicker to deal with Bournemouth's um, wing play. But 
not his best game, but he, he did a passable job. So, so this fluid sort of back four, this fact that Pep does, he does like to change it about. You know, <laughs> he hasn't you know, kept a, the same team tw- uh, twice. Exactly. He's the only manager in the Premier League to do so. I mean, you, you knew that Book and Pardo were going to be our fullback. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for years, Stuart. So what's going on? Forever. Here? I don't know. It's difficult to, to, for me to watch. <laughs> but for, but for, I thought he did much better yesterday than he did uh, on Monday than he did against Swansea. I think he grew a little bit into the role last night. And I like him. I like him anywhere on the field, to be honest. Um, he, he does a job. And in terms of the goals, obviously, um, Sterling, I think, uh, I don't think he got the credit that he, he still had a bit of work to do, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was in the right place and he had to control, sort of control that ball. Um, he should have scored earlier when the ball went on to hit the post uh, from a deflection. Uh, Sane should have scored, hit the post, hit the ball. Um, we could have had four. We should have had four. Uh, I thought it was a comfortable win. The last 15 minutes, we were completely in control. They'd given up by then, I think. But Bournemouth are just a bang average team. You know, they've got bang average players. Uh, it's a difficult place to go. It's it's a bit like playing a non-league team in the FA Cup. But it's not, a bang, not a bang average manager. Future England manager sitting there. Well, yeah, he's probably done very well with that squad, yeah. Yeah. Possibly, I don't know. And, and Aguero didn't score. Shame, isn't it? Own goal, of course, was not Aguero's goal. Was that it? could be reversed on appeal. <laughs> Do we really go to appeal about these I things? I think so, no. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. Very good movement for that goal. Yeah. Um, I feel, you know, he was very... He was reviewed quite harshly in the game. You know, he was quite isolated at points, um, I think it's fair to say. He wasn't always... His, his first touch was a little rusty, mm. but his movement is something to behold and he does occupy defenders in a way that certainly younger strikers are not quite so au fait with and that can really t- you know it can allow other players to move far more effectively around him um but no i i thought he he you know he he he, he didn't have his best game he had a decent game but he's a bit like Tevers. He needs match practice to get into a rhythm. Um, he, how, how many minutes has he played in the last four or five games? Not, not many. Very few. Yeah. He, will, he will improve. I mean, it's, it's silly to say Aguero will improve, but his match fitness and, and it will get better, obviously. There's been quite a lot of criticism, hasn't there, of him, um, there, there appears, because of certainly from you know, Pep's view of him is that he doesn't work hard, the point I made earlier on. How is he going to adapt? Because he's kind of our only option now, isn't he? So how how is he going to adapt, do you think? Well, I thought he was a little greedy when he came on. I thought he had a good game. As Dave said, occupies defenders. His, his movement was good. But there were a couple of times when I think he could have laid the ball off. He had Sané one side, Sterling the other, or, or the attacking midfielders closing in. And he would elect to shoot. But I think that's because he was desperate to prove a point. He'd love to have scored a goal. Be interesting to see whether he starts against Huddersfield because you'd say absolutely to give him the match practice. But wouldn't be surprised to see Kelechi or Nolito given a go and Aguero rested for Monaco. Um, But then we've seen this season De Bruyne played up front against Barcelona. I mean, who knows with Pep, as we're saying, we've, we've got no idea which team no. will start the game. But we'll come on to the Huddersfield and, and maybe if we've got time to talk a little bit about Monaco. Before we move off from the Premier League, have we a lot of press talking about now we're in contention and we're back in contention? It, Stuart, a bit of, bit of maturity here, a bit of yeah. a sensible old, old <clears> journalist <throat> head here. What, it, surely it's Chelsea's to, to, to lose, I know, but, but we're, not, we're not really in with a shout, are we? Um... It's a very, very big ask. There's what, 13 games left, eight points, gap. Still got to it, play them, of course, and that's going to be still got to play them, yeah. But we've also got to play Arsenal, 
away, United at home. Liverpool. Liverpool at home, yeah. Um, they've got a very easy run of the next next six games. They could actually have sewn it up before we go there. But we have been eight points behind in April before and won the yeah, league, of course, yeah. not that long ago, in That's living true. memory. That's true. It's a very big ask. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. I'm not ruling it out. Okay, no, I heard that. Or no. ruling it in. But <laughs> no, we're not ruling anything in or ruling what about the Liberal Democrats? You're quite good at sort of predicting results and things. Well, we... Um, Not getting results. <laughs> <laughs> no, self-change my Twitter handle. Um, the, uh, the, um, the, the thing with this is we've never won the league from a position where we've been in contention. <laughs> you know, the, the reality is that's, you know, people have written us off every time we've done it. I don't think in either of the situations where we came back seemingly from the dead we had a team as good as Chelsea who we were trying to chase down. And I think they're tactically very strong. They look like the sort of team who can grind out results. I mean, didn't look brilliant at the weekend, but I think it will be a very big ask. You know, the, the thing we've got to remember is a, a, a month ago we were talking about, will we qualify for the Champions League? And all of a sudden we're looking quite good for that. We're looking like we should be able to get top four. That's the critical thing this season. If we've made the transition such that next season we can launch a real challenge for these things and, you know if we can push Chelsea along the way that's yeah that's good practice good season. where are we going to finish in the league Stephen lowest we're going to finish is second oh. uh, it's, a, it's a big ask God, of course you, it, you've changed yeah I know a couple of wins and I'm all over the absolutely. place absolutely I, I think Chelsea will drop eight points between now and the end of the season the question is whether we can can win all our games and, and really put the pressure on them I don't think they're a great team. I think they've got a couple of great players in Costa and Hazard. But, I mean, Victor Moses, Alonso, Cahill, the, the Matic, they're good players. But I'm not sure they're the world beaters that they've looked at times this season. And not Burnley are nothing special. I know they're quite good at home, but they just worked hard and, and seemed to have a game plan. Um, and they frustrated Chelsea. And I think they will drop points and... We, we've been playing much better recently. The first half against Swansea was just on another level, I thought. We're, we're going to put the pressure on them. Not saying we're going to win, but lowest will finish his second. But would the guy- Until we lose next weekend and then I'll go back <laughs> to four. Of course. But would the guys from the Chels, the Chelsea podcast, be sitting there saying they're not a great side? Caballero, Sanya, Clichy, Zabaleta, Otamendi. Silva, De Bruyne, Sané, Jesus, Aguero. Fernandino. No Jesus. Sorry, Jesus is gone, mate. Navas, Jesus Navas. Oh, I see, of course, of course. That's Jesus. I think Quick we covered, Jesus. I think we covered that the other game. week, how to pronounce it. Um, so let's look forward then. Let's look forward <clears throat> not quite so far to the end of the season. Let, let's talk about the FA Cup because we're still in. We've got a great draw uh, away at uh, Huddersfield um, at the weekend. Uh, so let's sort of speculate a bit about, and Stephen started on this in terms of the lineup. What What are your thoughts? What's he going to do? Because Pep... He's taking it quite seriously, isn't he? He's yeah, not, he's, he's so, not, yeah. he's not yeah. done the 11 changes. You know, but he hasn't, he, he, he hasn't had a European game True. three days. So, so with that with that in mind, that the following Tuesday, of course, just yeah. to remind the listeners, or the listener. Um, <laughs> so, so your thoughts on what Pep might do in terms of lineup for the weekend away at Huddersfield? He won't make nine or ten changes. He'll make five or four or five, maybe. Company will probably play. I think he will rest Aguero. Um, will he? Will he change his keeper? Bravo, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'd keep. Uh, keepers need to play. I mean, I think he'll, he'll play Bravo because he's played Caballero the last couple. But you could change the pole back four from yesterday yeah, and have yeah. 
Zabaleta Company Otamendi Clichy as your back four, which is yeah, arguably stronger good. than the yeah. one that played yeah. against Bournemouth. Fernando, Delph, Nelito, Navas. So, so, so that so, is, that's 11 changes? No, I, just, I, don't think, I don't think he will, but right, okay. if, could, we, could, if we could. make 11 changes, it's won't. not a weak team. You're bringing in 11 internationals. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I'd probably rest Yaya, who's played a lot recently. Mm. Um, I'd probably be tempted to rest the two attackers as well, Serling and, and Sané, who've played a lot. Um, but you're bringing in quality. You look at our bench, you look at the players who, who aren't even on the bench. There's some experienced players who need game time. Dave, pick the speed more, is then? I think um, <coughs> the thing that, you know, I, I agree, you know, Yaya Torre giving, giving him a rest, I thought he looked very leggy on Monday yeah, night, you know, kept getting caught in possession. Mm. He needs a rest. He He's not as young as he once was. And I think... No one reasonable. is. Well, that is We're discussing the, I did, I did <laughs> the just process of ageing. When I said that, <laughs> that would not, get picked not, up we're, on. We're, we're not you mean. Wrong panel here for making comments like that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the... No, I, I, think, I think he will make a substantial number of changes because he's going to get judged on you know, Champions League was a big success for us last season and getting to the semi-finals. That's going to be a key metric if he falls short. One big thing I would say about Huddersfield is they have had a very good season. They're currently third, I believe, in the championship. Um, they have relied heavily on a player on loan from us called Aaron Moy, who mm-hmm. we signed from the Australian yeah. League, who plays a very sort of deep-lying midfield role, make, plays a lot of passes, a bit of a deep-lying playmaker. And I believe he'll be cup-tied. Is that, He's not is, playing. Is um, that, we're not yeah. letting him play. Hmm. And that will really disrupt the way they play. Yeah. I think that could be something that could be very much to our advantage. You're going to say something, Stuart? No, I think they're a good side, Huddersfield. Yeah. They scored, scored a lot of goals. They're, they're a decent side. They'll be at home. They'll be well up for it. We should win, of course. But uh, when do we get a home tie, by the way, in this competition? Yeah, well, if, if someone would have said you got Huddersfield away, you, you weren't too upset when you saw that one come, off, well, come, out, come out of the bag. No, not, no. not that upset, no. but yeah, a home tie would be nice. Yeah, but you're not going to tell me it's fixed again, are you, the FA Cup draw with warm yes. balls? Oh, don't do me a favour. Uh, so let's talk about Monaco as well. That's the following Tuesday, I think, isn't it, to, at, yep. at the Etihad. Yep. So uh, kick off with that then, Stuart. I mean, obviously, he's got to, he's got to go back to a full-strength squad there. And <coughs> totally. they, they are yeah. they are they are scoring yeah. some goals at the moment. Is, I, I, is that... Yeah. Is that down to them being superb or is it just a poor league in France? It's I'm a bit not... of each. Yeah. I, I put the TV on BT Sport on uh, Sunday night to watch them, to see what they were like. They were 20 minutes in, they were 3-0 up and they, they beat, they played Mets. They were rubbish, bottom of the league. I think they, they won 5-0. They've scored 75 goals, I think, in the La Liga, yep. in League One. Yep. And uh, 100 goals altogether in all competitions. They've got a very, very big playing area which should suit us nobody goes to any of their games the top attendance this season i think is 10 and a half and the stadium only holds 18 people or or thousand is that people thousand yeah yeah. so i think i mean at home we should be all right they'll come out they'll come out that's the way they play they're they're scoring goals they 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 they, they talk about momentum they've got momentum at the moment so don't talk about momentum to a liberal democrat (laughs) Well, we'll leave him out so st- so, so stupid. Gosh, I'm impressed with how topical that was. So we won't, we'll so we won't leave him out because he's, he, we don't hear his view anyway. So, so they, in all seriousness, they have got momentum, haven't they? Not the Liberal um, Democrats, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, but I've, Monaco. I've, I've not seen a lot of them. Stuart said he's seen 20 they minutes. That's, okay. that's 20 minutes more than me. <laughs> um, but I'm sure they're going to attack. That's how they play. And we're going to attack because that's how we play. So it's going to... You'd imagine be an open game, lots of chances. Um, 
But for all we're worried about their attacking prowess, they're going to be, I'm sure, on the the Monaco version of this podcast. They're they're doing exactly the same thing and, and worrying about our attacking strength. Yeah, they have national front members on that, I think. They don't have Liberal Democrats. I think you'll find. Yes. Uh, so, so, Dave, being serious for a second, if we can, uh, we've got FA Cup, we've got Premier League, and we've got Champions League. Just give me your kind of your sort of thoughts about those three competitions, how you think as we, as we sort of pull this to a, to a close for, for another week. I think this is the point where we are going to have to really consider what we're going to prioritise. For me, the FA Cup is always the third one of those three, yeah, of those three, yeah, because the Premier League, you know, that is one where we have to fight to reach a minimum level. You know, if we drop out the Champions League this round, the consequences are minimal. If we drop out, the, if we really fall away in the Premier League, the consequences are very big. Premier League has to be priority. Champions League is also very important. It's, you know, it's a, a big part of, you know, trying to move the club onward is getting us, you know, more successful on, on this stage. Monaco is going to be a tough test. Don't get me wrong. I think we should do it. I think we're very lucky that we've got the away leg last because particularly with two attacking teams like that, you know, we're going to be able to go and attack them in the second leg. Very important. I, I think the Champions League has to be is important. It's not as important as the Premier League, and that's why I wouldn't be surprised if we rested a lot of players at Huddersfield this weekend. So before we go, uh, in terms of give me your predictions for Premier League, FA Cup, and Champions League, where are we going to finish in those? Premier three League, uh, second or third. FA Cup certainly get to the final, and Champions League semis at, at worst. Final word is Premier League second. (laughs) Champions League will beat Monaco. Not going to predict beyond that. Coward. FA Cup will beat Huddersfield. (laughs) You're thinking thinking far forward here for us here, Stephen. This is really helpful. Yeah, I've just I've just cracked a topical satire political joke here. You have, and and you're resting resting on your laurels (laughs) as a result of it. Well, listen, a uh, huge thanks to my three guests, to uh, Stephen Allwise, uh, to Dave Hodgson and to Stuart Bodkin. Next time, we'll have a party political broadcast from the Labour Party. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for The Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.